I have to do it again. <laughs> Let me join in too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you better. You better foghorn <laughs> Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it cause it's your business. Your business, business. Handle all of your business. Value all of your business. You say your money, your business. My business. What's up? What's up? What's up? My son's been watching Martin, and that was a terrible Martin impersonation. But what's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery & Co. I'm Renee Montgomery. And listen, I know we're talking trophies, but we got to watch how we talk about champions. We're going to get all into it. Talk nice to champs. We have Erica Yala coming on. She's the founder of Black Rosie Media. She's going to talk a little Stanley Cup Finals, but also being black in media. Then we have the first black player in the NWHL, who is now a scout for the LA Kings, Blake Bolden. And last but not least, we're going to introduce a new segment, the Commissioner's Cup, where we're going to give you the 101 on all things the WNBA Commissioner's Cup till the next four weeks when it happens. Let's go! The BET Awards were this week, and it was star-studded. Diddy received the Lifetime Award, which was presented by Kanye. And y'all know that Kanye was Kanye. He came in a full-on all-black ensemble. He announced that he really wanted to be dead for a year, announced himself as dead for a year, but he had to come out of his dead retirement to present this to Diddy for his lifetime achievement. He also said something that was like, wow, Kanye, he said, as much as Diddy has done for music, we need to answer when he calls. And so I thought that that was very coherent and great of Kanye. So that happened. Diddy thanked Cassie while his girlfriend held up a sign that said, go poppy or something like that. That was interesting. Twitter went crazy, of course, as you could assume. Taraji hosted the awards and I swear that I saw that sometimes Taraji turned into cookie when they had those technical difficulties and I actually loved it like I loved everything about it bad boy entertainment will always be an elite set I tweeted that out if you follow me but it remains true that when he brings out all of his people it's an instant party it was all kinds of stars there not just those ones that I'm listing Bruno Mars was on there they had a best actress category that I felt was completely impossible. But back to Bruno Mars, he said something that I thought that was really dope. He said, everyone knows how important the BET Awards show is. And I thought that's dope because he's right. Anything for the culture is important. Diddy doubled down on that concept and he donated $1 million to coach Dion Primetime Sanders and his Jackson State Jaguars. He also donated a uh, one million to Howard, but the reasoning behind it was he said we should play for us. So there was a lot of messaging going on in the BET Awards. There was a lot of shenanigans going on in the BET Awards. There was a lot of everything, but it was star-studded, and it looked like we showed up for us. So that's what I took from the BET Awards, and I think that we should continue this with all of the separation and the different things going on, whether it's governmental or whether it's just in your community, whether it's online, whether you and your friends got beef i don't know i'm just saying we could do better and the bet award showed us that i'm over man
makeup because now it's becoming a racket. It's almost like a summer and a winter wardrobe type thing and an in-between because I am on the lighter side. So my shades can range from light, light, light to almost dark. And so I just bought a very expensive concealer and stuff and then put it on It'll and look like a ghost. Okay. It'll and be you can okay. still see I look like a ghost. Okay, but in the summer you shouldn't need that makeup because of the sun. It'll tan your skin and give it a nice glow without that. So Cole, your skin does look beautiful. It does. I'm just tired of it because the thing is, is, and you know what? Some people are like, oh, I love makeup. This is great. This is the, but when I go to the place, first of all, you know, we have to, they're like, okay, which makeup do you want? And they have about 30,000. No, 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 no. <laughs> me, baby. Yeah. I, I, and I went there initially and then I had some problems with some of the colors and how they meshed and whatever. So after they make you wipe most of your skin off with these alcohol tabs, after they dab, dab, dab on this side, dab, dab, dab on that side, you come out with <laughs> something and then here comes summer and then you look like a ghost i literally was like i'm over this that's there's no real longer problem though that this is, is no longer problem. what i want to do yeah. well you should have called your mom and asked her i would have told you you didn't need it for the summer sometimes you do <laughs> we need makeup baby i don't care if it's summer or no mm-hmm. we tell you what i wear sunglasses a lot so if i'm in the sun you become a raccoon exactly and so you do need something <laughs> to even up under your sunglasses. Sometimes I sat on the field with bright with Vance for like four hours with sunglasses yeah. on. I, I can tell you that was two different shades. So then you try to match it up and then you look like a ghost under your eyes and the rest of you <laughs> is gold. And it's just I'm over well, we it. We shouldn't be talking about shades after what's going on with Steph Curry. What? What's going on? Skip Bayless was making light skin remarks saying that the light skin Steph Curry was playing and not this Steph Curry or whatever he was saying that was totally no. just stupid. Hey. I put it in the chat. You didn't see it. So, I did snook, not. I'm I am sorry, so snook, sorry. Snook snook. Stuff in the Let chat. me just catch you up. <laughs> Skip Bayless should not be making light skin jokes when you right. have any no skin pigment at all. That's not exactly. A, that's not a. That's I'm not really a, confused. Hold on, hold on. Are y'all talking about the Golden State Warriors? are notoriously known as the team of light skin. No, 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 no. He specifically called out Steph Curry and said the light skin. His play was light. He was playing. He's playing light skin. Oh, it is inappropriate for him to make light skin jokes. I don't care what you say. He is without pigment. That is not a joke that he should be telling. And then he said it. And sometimes he even was a ghost. (gasps) Oh, wow. No way. It was a little white of him, wasn't it? Yes, that was not. That's not right. No, it's seriously, that's not right. You can't make light skin jokes. That's a colorism okay. issue. Because I was going to say, I've seen these jokes about, you know, like how Steph Curry puts on for the, you know, like he's the captain of the light skins. Drake is the what? co-captain. Like I've seen those things that's like fine. on the internet, like the light skin jokes versus the, you know, brown skin, dark skin jokes. So I thought that that's what we were talking about. But then I just you realized. This? This, this is how many of them light skins in one. You see how many of them light skins then won? I think they I'm won cold. four. The I'm light skins. Cold. Are you putting on four? I, like, what's going on? Are no. you repping your set? No. The light skins won four. She's saying they, they won call four them whatever of them. The they light won. skins took four championships. Look, exactly. so. Roy said Draymond Green won two. So this is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's that's the only so double I, okay, end so of the, the pro- Okay, I'm with it now. I'm all the way up to speed because I was like, I've been seeing the light skin thing joke all the time, but yes, I just colorism. realized that we're saying Skip Bayless. Yes. Skip Bayless. Mm. Oh, and he doubled down on it a couple times. I think a couple that times in the interview he doubled down. 
What did he say exactly? So it was it was on uh, what is the name of his show again? Undisputed. He tweeted it. It's oh, a it's a tweet. tweet. If you read the article, it's he it's in the tweet. <gasps> and Shan Sharp sat there and he um he actually wrote side title to that foolishness. So I have a problem with that too because that should have been something he always wants to shut down something. That's something he should have shut down. Be like you you can't say that. You know he's always shutting mm. down everybody else. Like wow. and that's not something you could do. And that's not something you could say. Even if it was Stephen he, A. He Smith, he said either. that that is a real problem because it's like it don't. And yeah. nobody spared from colorism. If you light skin, you get it. If yes. you dark skin, you get it. You know, it, it it don't even matter. I mean, even with Serena, like people don't know that you know, like her descent yeah. or anything. All so the time. it's like people don't know, and so colorism is a thing. Cole, it's ridiculous. You know, they called they've called cold Definitely. yellow since mellow I yellow. Mellow yeah, they yellow. call her mellow yellow. <laughs> That's what they used to sing they all the time. They used to sing that to Cole all mellow, the time. Mellow. And before we would hear those things, and we wouldn't even think anything wrong. Before we would hear these kind of things, and we they wouldn't even be nothing wrong because it would be like people within our own cultures saying that to us so we wouldn't even it will almost be a joke but now people are starting to open their eyes and say no hold on that's not okay stop with all that stuff it's caused a lot of rifts in families i can just tell you through the years it has really been something that can really cause a lot of pain so basically to kind of sum it all up if it's getting to the point to where when we talk about colorism that we don't even want if you even if you are of the pigment we're saying at this point, yeah, it's kind of like, are the jokes as funny anymore? I know they used to say it's it's pretty much right, not, not. Maybe it's no. ran its narrative, but to that further extent, TV personalities, you know, it's like if that's the narrative that you're pushing on, that's tough, you know, in the sense of especially Skip Bayless. And I know that y'all are saying like no one should, but I think that if you aren't of the culture, especially not Skip Bayless. Yeah. If you aren't of the culture, you definitely can't get in on these jokes. Like some jokes just ain't for you. And we're saying even the colorism, like like Snooks talked about, is rift families for for generations. But mm-hmm. we're saying you can't get in on the joke if you ain't in on the joke. Like like that's just all, like if you ain't a part right. of the joke, like Cole, like even a Cole, like she, I've seen people call her mellow yellow, high yellow, all of that. So she made a joke or two. We're like, yeah, Cole, you know that probably is dead. We probably shouldn't make those jokes anymore. But she's in on the joke. Thank you. So you can't be in on the joke if you ain't in on the joke. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, I even I even catch Angel sometimes, even if he makes any comments about, oh, I'm gonna get too dark in the sun. I'm like, so what? What's wrong with that? Even even though you are black, you can't talk like that. Don't talk. There's nothing wrong with being too dark. There's nope. nothing wrong with being too light. Nope. I don't want to hear those kind of jokes. I catch him. I catch him when he says things like that because I don't want him to think that jokes like that or anything yeah. to say like that, even if it wasn't I joking, it's okay I to agree. say. So I'm about sick of it. But to the whole point of I'm over makeup. So back how to it started. That. I'm over <laughs> so makeup. So back to where Cole started. She's over makeup because over when she makeup. gets tan, her makeup is no longer. It useful. is irrelevant. <laughs> Once you're tan, you don't need it. <laughs> Ma, I just Bye, told you snook. why. Bye, <laughs> Snook. Ain't, everybody ain't got the skin you got. Bye, Snook. Perfect skin. <laughs> Next, we have the founder of Black Rosie Media, Erica Ayala. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Erica, welcome back, fam of the show. If you all weren't listeners in the very, very beginning, Erica been down since remotely Renee days. She's the founder of Black Rosie Media, been a journalist on Multisport. So welcome back to Montgomery and Company. Thank you so much for having me back. It's lovely to see y'all. Yes, it's lovely to have you back. And now I kind of already spilled the beans. I was going to let you tell us what's changed since the last time you've been here. But please tell us starting out with Black Rosie Media, baby, because we love to see it. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, so since last time we spoke, I went through what's called an accelerator program and I got some help to just get some of the ideas that I had out of my head and onto paper and into the world. And one of the problems we were asked to tackle a problem that we see in an industry. So I chose sports and I think that we do see a problem when it comes to representation, particularly for those who identify as women, as black women in sports media. And so I had an idea to create an outlet that would put black women and other melanated creators first and foremost. So everything that you see edited, written, produced, etc., by black women and melanated people and faces. And so that's where the idea of Black Rosie Media came from. We launched in May, May 3rd. And so in just a month and, and some days, we've already started to see some traction. So I'm really Let's excited. Go. Yes. That's snaps, amazing. Snaps, snaps. Creators of color <laughs> are looking for support and the and we're providing that at Black Rosie Media. Love it. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, I, I just have to jump in right here and say this because Renee and I just had this conversation at least once a week, but we just had it a few days ago. And one of the things I, I'm talking about now is there's so much emphasis on gender equity, but I'm talking about the lack of diversity in gender equity. And that's what my montage is now is that I'm talking about. Yeah, we want better gender equity and everything. And we see some companies trying to do that. But I just don't think it's a big enough push as far as adding some diversity to that. So congratulations on starting your company. Yes. That's amazing. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. And changing that narrative. No, I know you're changing the narrative. And speaking yes. of that, changing the narrative of hockey. Okay, so hockey is a sport that not a lot of people from the community watches hockey, okay? And I even <laughs> saw some of your tweets that was hilarious. She was like, that's what happens when you give the mic to the HNIC. Now, I thought that was hilarious <laughs> because we get what you meant, girl. It was <laughs> Tell me about that yes. moment. What happened there for the people like me that maybe weren't watching all the moments of hockey? Like, give us some context of what happened. In hockey, one of the first things that blew my mind is I kept seeing H-N-I-C, H-N-I-C. And so growing up, I, like, I could just hear, <laughs> I, I, I heard like, the, uh, right. I was hearing the voices of the uncles from the neighborhood. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then I realized that that acronym in hockey stands for Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> Every time I hear H-N-I-C in hockey, I think it's the funniest thing because 
to your point, Renee, hockey's not known to be very diverse. There's not, I mean, black people have revolutionized hockey since before the turn of the last century, but it's one of those like hidden figure type well, well, things. Well, tell me about it. Wait a minute. What do you mean by that? I have no idea how black people have revolutionized hockey. Tell me more. Okay, so you need to know about the Colored Hockey League in Nova Scotia, mm -hmm. Canada. And so black athletes, very similar to what we know as the Negro Leagues mm. throughout North America, so that would include Canada, but they would play baseball in the summer, spring months, into the fall. But once it got too cold, those same athletes would transition over to ice hockey, particularly in Nova Scotia. And so things like the slap shot, a lot of people say that comes from a batting motion oh. or going down on the ice uh, as a goaltender. If you look at some of the, the NHL games early on, you see that the goaltenders, even like the Miracle on Ice 1980s, the style was for the goalie to stand upright. Now you see the goalies doing full splits. That came from in the early 1900s, black hockey players, they goalies would go down on the ice and make stops and saves on the ice. Wow. So those are ways that, again, black people have always been involved in hockey. But flash forward to you don't see a lot of black faces on the ice in the C-suite or even on the broadcast, but there is a, a black man, uh, David Amber, and he is the host of HNIC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you lying, Erica, I know you lying. <laughs> I swear I'm not, I'm not. Oh my God. That is very, very funny. That is I'm done, so hold on a second. That <laughs> is hilarious. Black <laughs> Rosie Media, this is what you get. Black Rosie Media, I have to just drop, I had to just drop you a line because <laughs> look I really didn't know that I knew all about the black negro leagues look I know about the ATA when it comes to tennis the tennis matches in Harlem I hear about all of that I did not hear about how black people have revolutionized hockey so the more you know and that brings me to the Stanley Cup finals which is going on we'll actually just finish We've crowned our champion. But what I also like to hear, first of all, tell me about the winners, because I hear that there was like different things going on. You got to explain it for people that may not watch every game, Erica. <laughs> so you had the Tampa Bay Lightning were from the Eastern Conference and they've won the last two Stanley Cups. We haven't seen a team in the National Hockey League do a three-peat since might have been, I believe it was probably the Edmonton Oilers. And you know what? Their goalie was black. Grand Fuhrer, look it up. <laughs> so they were a heavy favorite coming in. And then you have a Colorado Avalanche team. A lot of people are, I'm, I'm going to put it like this. You know how people say, like, the Golden State Warriors, oh, they play boring basketball, baka baka ba. Uh, boring or not, they got the Stanley Cup. Boring or not, they the NBA champs. And a lot of people say that about Colorado. Strong defensive team. Their defenders are some of the best off offensive players in the regular season. And then that also translated into the playoffs. And it was the Colorado's first Stanley Cup win in the last 21 years. So this is uh, their third overall and um, just really two titans of NHL in the last handful of seasons, especially with Tampa looking to do that three-peat. But 
wouldn't happen in Colorado, got it done in game six. That's so lit. And so thank you for that. Like I understood everything, <laughs> nice. okay, right. without knowing nothing. So thank every you very word, much for that breakdown. Word. So that's yes. who just won the Stanley <laughs> Cup finals. Tell a friend that you know what's going on in the NHL now. This also brings me to, you don't only just cover hockey. Like I remember you from the WNBA, covering the WNBA. I know that you're covering a lot of different sports. So for me, I'm just curious, like we've seen a lot of talk about Roe versus Wade. So I'm curious from you being a media company that is leans into representation. This all feels like a common problem of just rights being taken. And so I'm just curious your thoughts. Wow. That's I mean, there's so much. And last time we were on here, we were talking, of course, about John Lewis and the legendary John Lewis. You know, uh, I'm going to get back to your question, but you know they still have not passed the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Uh, So those are just some of the things that are still on the table. But Roe v. Wade now also under attack the day after we celebrate the 50th anniversary Title Nine, and mm. you see that women's bodies are being legislated in a massive way, and you even have the Clarence Thomases of the Come world on now. coming for other legislation and making equality political, but in a dangerous way, making equality political in a way where we uh, use the lazy excuses of religion and safety um, as a reason to legislate what women can and cannot do. And yes, this definitely impacts women's bodies and their the autonomy of their bodies, but we also have to think about the families that they have um, currently and the partnerships that they're in and how this is affecting and impacting those partnerships as well. So those are things that people might say stick to sports, but listen, when we're talking about sports and when we're talking about policies or thinking about places like the WNBA, thinking about even women's hockey where women, I mean, we see that, you know, track stars had to fight also just for having uh, maternity leave. Uh, These are things that impact athletes. And if athletes as examples are limited to how they can discern when and how they want to start their families because of something that the Supreme Court is doing, of course, it's going to impact sports because it impacts all of us. So there's a lot that I could say about what's happening politically and how that impacts, including, you know, I I heard Snook talking about uh, Title IX. And here's the thing, going back to Title IX, if you look, there's been studies done in the last 20 years or so of Title IX in particular, we've seen an adverse effect for black girls and women, because as schools now have to be Title IX compliant, they really focus on what they consider growth sports. And those growth sports tend to be sports that are played by white girls and women and not girls and women of color. Wow. I have to do it again. <laughs> Let me join in too. <laughs> Let me join <laughs> you I'm just trying to show the vers- versatility here because mm-hmm. Erica, I'm sure that at a certain point you've had a problem with access so we've had you we've had you talk about now the national hockey league roe versus wade we know you cover the WNBA. you've been an analyst for the nwhl so i just want to talk about now access because it seems like you're very qualified at all of these why did you feel the need to have to have a media company wow that is a great question <laughs> it's loaded watch erica it's loaded <laughs> we could definitely do a whole series on that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it as concise as possible. As I 
was very fortunate to have opportunities to write at places like Sports Illustrated or the New York Times, uh, places like ESPN, I started noticing that the same old me, you know, like, same old me. (laughs) I used to notice that I would show up to games and when I was working at independent outlets, my seat would change as my outlet changed. And I started noticing that, again, I had these opportunities and I'm very grateful for those opportunities, but there were people that were there before me. There were people that um, continued on certain beats even after I transitioned to other things that their access never changed. The consistency of their work was not valued at the same level of mainstream media. And there's a numbers game for sure. That being said, I sometimes push back when people say more is more because we know that more is not more for everyone. And more is almost never more for black women unless we make it a point for more to be more for us. And usually that means somebody else done messed up somewhere. Uh, And and we're ready because we've always been there. We've been ready. And so Black Rosie Media wants to be a place where we're not reacting to someone saying something out of pocket, which they kind of sort of had already been you know, low-key saying anyway, we don't want to react to that. We don't want to react to, oh, it's International Women's Day. Let's have Erica and Kelly Schultz call actually a Colorado Avalanche game at New Jersey Devils. You know, that was an amazing opportunity. Thank you. An amazing opportunity to call an NHL game on the radio. And I want to make sure that other people have other women, other black women and women of color have those opportunities more regularly. We are often asked to if when we do get those opportunities, again, coming under less than ideal circumstances. And often we have to prepare with a lot less time than people who get their first break, as an example, in the NHL might get if they were kind of primed and exactly. That's a good point. Prepared. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it is a good point because I did, as you were saying it, I was like, yeah, because you know, even though we get our chance when someone else messes up, we're not getting the proper amount of time to prepare to be great. Um, so we can't do what everybody else does. We have to be on point twenty four seven, which is really yeah, it's a very unfair advantage because mm-hmm. you can probably do no so time. much more if we had no so time. much more time. And yes, so you're there's right. So That's many exactly elements. What's going Black Rosie yeah. Media is and will continue to grow to be uh, as holistic and wrap around as possible because there are a lot of different needs. There's certain black people uh, and melanated creators that are already working with, uh, I spoke to someone today, already shooting uh, as a photographer for Major League Baseball, the NFL, and then went to another pro league and was kind of given the runaround. Like, you know, it's not enough to work with these yeah. leagues as you then look to transition. Right. You have other people who, um, you know, ha- are, are looking for their first opportunity. And then you have other people who've already had their first opportunity, but they're realizing even at the entry level that their pay scale is extremely different than people Mm. with similar or sometimes less experience than they have. And Black Rosie Media wants to, and I do as a founder and an owner, do things differently. And part of what I do is I don't set a rates. The reason I don't do that is twofold. One is that I need to work as an, as an owner on knowing how to negotiate. And I know that other people need to know that as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a conversation. Let's see what the value added is. Let's see what the uh, event 
calls for, and then we will move accordingly. And so I do really want to empower creators when they have a conversation with Black Rosie Media to feel comfortable and confident asking for their value. And sometimes it won't work out. If it ain't in the budget, it ain't in the budget. Yeah, these are conversations that we can have. And these are conversations that happen in business. Unfortunately, a lot of people that look like a lot of us on this screen are iced out of being able to have those at a professional level. And you know, that actually brings me to to something when you talk about diversity, because you're a black Latina. So people think that diversity looks one way, but diversity is Latino. Diversity is black. Diversity is a bunch of different things. So I love that you, because I feel like the more that we become inclusive, we also become exclusive in a sense of we want to define what diversity looks like. Well, no, diversity there is a lot of different diversity, but there's certain groups that don't receive as much assistance. And those two groups are the exact ones that you are, you know, a black Latina. So the black women, Latino, Latina women, if you look at the pay scale, if you look at entertainment on TV, the representation, the amount of hosts, the amount of analysts, the amount of people that are sitting that are black women or Latino women, you will see a very large disparity from other. And I think that's what Snook has been hitting on a part of. It's not just gender equality. You know, there's diversity. There's that diversity piece. That's also very important because if you don't ask for it, it ain't going to happen. You know, like people, people just think that things are just going to automatically evolve over time. But I think the point of people making things like black women photography, who we use for the Atlanta dream, you know, that we're very proud to have them as our official photographers. Like, it's not like, oh, these are side chick photographers. You know what I mean? Like, these <laughs> are officially official photographers. And there's a reason for that, because uh, we understand that access does matter. Access and education, too. Well, I was just going to add just real quick that, you know, everybody's wowing about um, the accomplishments that women are making at this point in history or whatever. But when you really look at it and you look at what's going on, you have to look at that a lot of our young people won't be able to do things because if you, you can see it, you can be it. And so even with the gender and it's a female, whatever, but if you're not seeing it in your particular culture, then it's still just as far away as it was before. Uh, Renee said access is very important. I mean, just to add to that, education is also very important. What you're doing, you know, educating the people that you're working with, that's something that you don't see from Mm -hmm. really, I can't really think of any company that does that, you know, that that empowers the, the client as, you know, and not just the company. You're like, no, tell me your number. Let's negotiate this. You know, a lot of times as a business, you see that the company is only in it for their numbers and their business, you know, so kudos to to what you're doing. And and, you know, like you talk about black and Latina, Renee talked and, and Snook talked about uh, uh, diversity and the lack of diversity in, in both both cultures. You have a startup, Renee. She she's very into the VC world. We see the numbers less than two percent go to women, period, even less go to black women, even less goes to Latina. Latina women. So, Facts. you know, what you're doing and what your startup is just amazing on all fronts. So congrats again. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I appreciate you elevating the education piece because um, I I think we talked about this last time I was on the show, but I come from a background of um, nonprofit and specifically policy work. And the work that I did was to be a youth leadership development 
expert. And so I'm bringing all of that back now with my own business and having autonomy, I can bring that back. And it's a very full circle moment for me, but there is this spectrum of change. And sometimes you are like mother Teresa style, you see a problem. And so you feed the poor. And then there's people in the middle in the policy space where they are educating people and they're advocating, especially with what we see what's happening with the Supreme Court. You're giving people what's happening and also educating them on how it impacts them and, and what the future could look like if we just change it and, and pivot and tilt the frame. And then you have, you know, your Brie Newsome, I'm going to climb up a flagpole and rip down the <laughs> Confederate flag type change, <laughs> yeah. which is the radical change where you're not accepting the status quo. You're not accepting what exists as it is, and you are actively changing what you want to see um, operate differently. And so Black Rosie Media, if we directly aren't operating in those different um, silos, and it comes from the Midwest Academy, it's their spectrum of change. If we're not directly operating in those five or so buckets, we're then going to partner with people. I love that you brought up, Renee, Black women photographers, because they already have a really great model for photographers. And so I don't need to replicate that model. I've been, I was lucky enough to talk with Polly and I've been able to hire yes. people that have been in that space. And so now it's like, what does replication in for black women producers look like, for black women writers look like, for black women podcasters look like. And some of these mechanisms already exist. And now it's about coming closer to the middle and giving people options to be that Mother Teresa or to be that Brie Newsome, but all in the vein of changing the landscape of our profession. I love, love that. It. The spectrum of change. Yes. Renee always talks about the different forms of advocacy. Because like you said, ad being an advocate doesn't only look just one way. Facts. You know, Ava DuVernay also talks about narrative change. We also just started our production company, Think Tank Productions. And it kind of has a similar you know, mission as, as yours also, just to give a voice and, and create that narrative change to the people that come from the communities and the cultures and to tell these stories, you know, the cultures that we don't necessarily see a lot of storytellers come from. So that's that's amazing. Hence the H-N-I-C. You will <laughs> understand why that's hilarious. But the ones that get it, if you know, you know. You know. Black Rosie Media is a community for Black women and melanated creators in sports media. And Erica Ayala, we thank you for hopping thank on you. here again with us. Now called Montgomery & Co., but you've been down since remotely, Renee. Thank you for hopping on. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you. And please keep up the yes. good work. Yes. yes. It's going to be a long work, but good work. It's that good trouble. Just keep getting in that good trouble. Hey, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Serena, tell me everything you know about the Commissioner's Cup to date. I know that it's a way of highlighting, I guess, the top teams and having them uh, have something worth competing for because the way I understand it is the winning team gets a little monetary bonus. Okay, Cole, what do you know about the Commissioner's Cup? That's about all I know, and I, I didn't even know about the, the bonus part, but I did know, I thought it was a way to highlight the top teams. That was the only thing I really knew, but Mom went a step further with the bonus. Thank you for the information. I did not know that part. Serena? So the Commissioner's Cup game, before the actual game, 
there's other little games that lead up to the Commissioner's Cup. So I guess if two teams from the same conference play together, that's a Commissioner's Cup game. And I guess the ones who, who win the most of those Commissioner Cup games get to go to the Commissioner Cup like I guess championship and so whoever wins that then gets to win money am I correct okay yes we're along the lines of correct I like this I like this so (laughs) the commissioner's cup we're gonna learn all about it today on MoCo because the commissioner's cup is dope it's new so no one should feel bad because last year was the first year the commissioner's cup is presented by Coinbase so okay get some coins out and it tipped off the opening weekend of the regular season Serena, you mentioned it. Snook, you mentioned it. Everybody mentioned it. There's a lot of money involved. How much money? per player on the winning team. So if you win, if you're on the winning team of the Commissioner's Cup. I'm playing for it, baby. I'm going for it. (laughs) You can believe that. Oh, my goodness. $30,000 per player on the winning team of the Commissioner's (laughs) Cup. So do I have people's attention now? Yeah, you got my attention. I'm telling you right now. All right, so per person. So this is what makes it like really big and really different. So this is the second annual in-season competition and it'll feature 61 games taking place through the first half of the 2022 regular season game. So the reason they say the first half is because it starts on opening night and it runs all the way through to July 26, which is when the championship game is. Now, if you're on the winning team, like we told you, the winning team wins $30,000 per player. You can also have a chance to win 5000 for the MVP. So if you are on the winning team and you win the MVP, you get $35,000. Now, here's the part that I thought was pretty, pretty dope in a sense of like, okay, everybody ain't going to be on the winning team. What about the losers? Well, if you're the runner up on the Commissioner's Cup, you still get 10K per person. Wow. Look, I'll take that. That's something to go for. Yes. Is there any way for the fans to win money or anything? (laughs) Right. Can the the fans get a coin? Can we get in on the action? That's what I'm trying to say. And so then there's also a little charitable part that goes to it. There's donations. Each team chooses a charity that they want to donate to. And so that charity, the Atlanta Dream, chose the King Center because this year is our 15th anniversary. We wanted to get it back into our roots. And so we chose to team up with the King Center. But there will be other groups, other teams are picking other places to donate for instance chicago sky pick my block my hood my city connecticut sun pick the league of women voters dallas wings this is project texas the indiana fever picked indiana black expo the aces picked aclu of nevada the sparks picked the human rights campaign minnesota aclu of minnesota new york liberty picked a little piece of light phoenix picked black mothers forum seattle aclu Washington Mystics Alliance of Youth Action. So there are a lot of different organizations that are going to be basically benefiting from the Commissioner's Cup because every time you win, so if your team wins, every time you win, a donation will be collected for the group that you choose to donate to. And then on the Commissioner's Cup, they get all their lump sum and then some because the commissioners are going to throw in a little more. So the Commissioner's Cup is a pretty cool thing that's going on. And the reason that it came about is because obviously there's a lot of talk about needing more money in women's sports and different things of that nature. And so the commissioner basically wanted to find a way to add more money. So let me ask you all this. If it was $30,000 up for grabbing, you're playing in the Commissioner's Cup. What's your energy going to be like? What? What? 
I'm coming for some heads. Ready to win. What? Very, very off the charts. She'll probably have to hold me down from the day before the game. Yes. <laughs> They'll be like, all right, you need to calm down because you're going to get hurt. Right, you, you, you going the mo- Don't let's get down by two. I'm, we, I'm about to... <laughs> Everybody but better. Right. do better, do better, do better. So that's kind of the concept, just so everyone understands, like the concept is there's a lot of money on the line. Teams are playing for a lot. And so it's it's exciting. It's new. Last year, the Seattle Storm beat the Connecticut Sun. Yeah. yeah. Last year, Seattle Storm beat the Connecticut Sun. And oh, by the way. The WNBA is going to donate 2000 to the winning team's chosen organization and an additional 500 to the losing team's chosen organization. So, again, wow. this is a lot. And to spotlight the championship, and that's per game, by the way. So if you are if you win, 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 you start tallying up that money. And then also Ooh. to spotlight the championship well, game. Well, I didn't know they win money per game. That's really cool. Yeah, so you collect money per game, and then you got a, a tally at the end, and then that's how much is donated to your organization that you chose. So the oh, King Center. So we nice. got our first win against the Indiana Fever of our Commissioner's Cup. That's $2,000 right there, and that's going to keep carrying over, and then you start to tally it up. And then if we make it, so you have to make it to the Commissioner's Cup for your organization to benefit, but if we make it to the Commissioner's Cup, then the King Center is going to get all the money that we've collected along the way, and then – the WNBA is donating an additional $10,000 to them for the championship game. So there's a lot of there's a lot of money going around on this commissioners. That's awesome. <laughs> that it's about time. Now if yes. we can get about five or six more coin bases to add to the commissioners <laughs> cup. Seriously. Seriously. If we get at least five or six more Coinbase companies to donate to the Commissioner's Cup or and to the Sa- well, I mean, yeah, either yeah, way because yeah. if they do it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's because then the more money that comes to the organization, as far as that's concerned, the more the money the, the WNBA has in order to continue this. But the thing is, is that just five or six more with the same amount of money. So, then Cole says she won a million dollar yeah. prize for that Commissioner's <laughs> Cup. Oh, you got to remember, this is only a game within a game. This ain't for the whole season now. This is just for the Commissioner's Cup. Build it up. <laughs> <laughs> My hope is now last year, I'm not real sure where the broadcast was available to individuals for, but I just hope that it's enough hoopla around it that it's mainstream on a national television station. So, so I'm glad you asked Nukabuka. So that people who don't look at sports like ESPN channels or all of that would be able to enjoy it as well and hopefully build the base of fans for the league. Okay, Snook. Well, look, since you look, Snook dropped the mic on me, but since you said (laughs) that, let me go ahead and mention that there will be all of the Commissioner's Cup games will be shown. So all 61 by six WNBA media partners, Prime Video, ABC, ESPN Networks, CBS Television Networks and CBS Sports Networks, NBA TV, Facebook and Twitter. So all 61 games will be available for you to view some way or another. Good. So that's nice. that's the growth right there. So we're looking forward to it. We're going to have Nancy Lieberman come on. We're going to be talking all about the Commissioner's Cup. Yeah. We're going to just keep you guys informed. Tap in. The WNBA season is upon us. Yes. We have Blake Bolden, who was the first black player in the NWHL and now a scout for the L.A. Kings.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com First in sports is not easy to do, and we are here with Blake Bolden, baby, okay? You were the first for a lot of different things, and people, you know, like I was the first for certain things. What is that like, that experience like where in your sport, you're a part of history, Blake? Being a first, I mean, man, hockey players are humble, right? So you kind of just put your head down and you keep going, but I didn't really realize the impact at when I was, what, 23, four years old, I just was playing the game that I loved until someone told me that I was the first woman to be drafted in the first round of the CWHL and the first black woman to play in the NWHL. And then all of these dominoes just kept happening. And I look around and I'm like, yeah, that's the reason why I've been the only freaking black person in this sport my whole life. It makes sense all of a sudden. I guess I'm just spearheading this. Um, but it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. So what is that like, though? You know, like, I'm, I was a part of a league in the WNBA that was 80% black women. So it was very different in that aspect. I felt very comfortable in the league because I was one of many. What is that like when you're playing a sport, growing up in a sport that you might be the only black person around in the sport? First things first, you got to know what to do with the helmet and the hair. <laughs> you got to rely on your mom. You got to get all your hair products. I went to boarding school for four years and that was so hard for me up in Lake Placid, New York. I was like, there is no beauty oh supply goodness. store and I, yeah, like even like an hour wow. away, right? So <laughs> it was always just being prepared. It was always relying on my family to feel safe and protected. Mm. 
And then I always had really good coaches and leadership. Also, I was really good too. So I, I never felt talk like- Talk your talk. I was about to say. Right, like I, I never really felt like I had to prove myself or to, I just was, I had to be me. And that's what I try to tell all the young girls that I mentor. I'm like, you just gotta be you. You can't let all the other noise. Of course, bad things happen. Crap was said. But like, if I can go put the puck in the net and quiet you down, like that's gonna make me feel great. No, I love that because you basically said, I'm gonna get it done on the ice. See, I'm so used to saying on the court, I'm gonna get it done on the ice and I'm gonna let everything else take care of itself. Well, you definitely went about and did that. And so as you get older, certain things fall off of kids different. And certain things you don't realize maybe were a thing that you kind of just brushed off. Were there things that as you look back and you were like, man, as a kid, I really handled that well, considering, you know, I didn't know. Like, you know, like, were there any moments like that for you? Oh, my gosh. There are so many moments. I mean... You just think of a little girl with a protective hairstyle walking into a rink with a hockey bag over her shoulder. One, I always played with boys, Mm. so I had to get dressed in the bathroom, like a public bathroom, before I could even join my boys' team. And two, I was the only black person, so I was just walking into the rink, and eyes just were immediately on me from the moment I entered those doors. And I was so young that I wasn't really understanding why that was the case until I got into my early teens where words were used to try to hurt me at times and me just having to ask my mom and my mom having to deal with stuff in the stands and us having to come together as a family and say, all right, this is what's going on. This is the situation. This is potentially why you need to know that none of this has anything to do with you and who you are as a person. You are beautiful. You're bright. You are shining. And I'm just so grateful that I have family like that, that I could just be like, all right, it's not me. So there's nothing for me to really worry about. That was a threat. All those attributes was that that was the complete threat. (laughs) Everything they said was the threat. And that's what they wanted you to know. That's that's beautiful that they let you know that. So, yes, no fear after that. Yes. Yes. No fear. No fear. Not not even glitch. Like I was straight. There you go. I love that. What got you into hockey? Like, how did you even? get introduced to hockey because that's just not a sport that is available at every school. It's just not necessarily something. So how did you get into it? Yes, my mom was a single mother and she had me when she was young. She was 21. She was a hustler. She was bagging papers um, on the side of the road for our Cleveland paper route for the plane dealer. And there was a police officer. His name was Leslie, whose favorite sport was ice hockey. Come to find out, Leslie worked part-time, and his side hustle was working at the Gundarina for the Cleveland Lumberjacks, a minor pro team in Cleveland. And so when they linked up, he was like, you're attractive, let's get together, I think you're cute. (laughs) They had a relationship, and from there, I just got to go to these hockey games for free, and I was like, this is the coolest game ever. I want to figure out how to play. And I was like, six years old oh wow that is amazing that's a young yeah wow so you knew early on (laughs) that's great i was going to ask blake what would be her advice to young ladies of our race who like hockey and want to get started how would you you know what would be your advice to them i would just say no matter if you feel a little bit insecure because i don't even think that's the right word if you feel a little bit scared 
you don't need to. Um, I would say to lean into it because I, I think that that makes you better. It shows you what you're capable of and what you can handle. Um, it makes you a stronger person. And, and honestly, this sport is scary. One, it was scary because I was the only black person and sometimes the only girl there. And two, because it's a hard sport in general. Like you're just mm -hmm. on these really thin blades yeah. and you're getting the crap knocked out of you and you're, and you're falling down and you're getting back up. And I would just say, if you're looking for a game that's gonna teach you a lot of lessons for the better, try it okay mm -hmm. i have a question for you because this let me tell you my family talk about my children and myself are very coordinated on the ground <laughs> on skates it was the most tragic thing you've ever seen because they're so athletic on the ground but then you get on skates and it's like it's like you've never walked before so much less to be able to skate and so <laughs> I mean, so my question is is that even though you said at six years old you love this could you already skate like or did you learn how to skate in the sport I mean how did that even work like the dynamic of just being yeah. able to skate is Till this day, we still can't do it. I can roller skate, but that blade <laughs> is no joke with the ankles. So I want to know, how did you learn to skate? <laughs> it's no joke with the ankles. So that's my question to you. Nicole, I've actually never roller skated. So you got a one up <laughs> wow. on me on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a knock in my black card for that. I need to get on the roller skates. You got to come through the Cascade, man. When you come to the A, let's go to Cascade. <laughs> She's like, Cascade. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> um, I, I, it took me two years to learn how to stop on my left skate. So oh. it wasn't like I got out there and was just doing dipsy dirtle doodle turns. Like I right. really had to work for every inch of my development. I was sent away to all of these stay away camps and all of like I had Sunday morning power skating. Oh, okay. I pushed around a cone and I had like this this chair with tennis balls on the bottom of them so I could get my balance. Like it, yes. it was, yes. it was I, I, hard. That's what I would need. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was hard, but like once you figure it out it's like muscle memory and then you get a good coach that can help you with your edge work and i would say i'm i'm a pretty good skater i love i love it it's so freeing you carve into it's like art almost in my opinion so I, I would say just try it out a little bit more or I got you next time. <laughs> it's definitely an art. It is definitely an art. I will give you that 100%. I'm taking nothing away from that. You know, something I always wanted to ask is as a fan that doesn't necessarily know so much about hockey, the thing that casual fans see are the fights. How do hockey players feel about the actual fighting in hockey? Because to us, like for me, like imagine on the WNBA court, if you could just buy box until somebody falls and then it's over that's a wild thing so how I think do you great thing i'm sorry yeah, like they said like losing sport. teeth is like it's like a normal thing in the nhl yeah how do y'all feel about that like um well i'm just grateful that i have my teeth still i have chipped teeth but you know we'll worry about that later on the men's side they really throw down they don't have any facial protection really and they can rip off their helmet and just go to town <sighs> In women's hockey, we have these cages that protect 
my I would say pretty face so <laughs> I don't really I don't really fight that much but sometimes you just you just it's just a, it's just an innate reaction yes. it's such a physical yes. game that you just want to throw a punch and, <laughs> and you honestly know that you're genuinely not going to hurt the other person because mm. we all got equipment on That's like you'll be fine like you can take you could take a couple smacks you'll be all right but not to the mouth most of the hockey players I've seen they got teeth missing so <laughs> Something yeah, is happening. Somebody is getting that's from the sticks. I heard that sometimes yeah. that's from the stick hitting back and different things <gasps> oh, of that wow. nature. Oh, yeah. no. Okay, yeah, that's so what I'm that saying. We, we heard that that's a normal thing to lose teeth in hockey. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it, that's, the men can deal with that. The women haven't uh, gotten to Yeah, that exactly. We'll a little different on the women's Let side. the guys. Okay, so let me just real quick. I want to ask you real quick about being the first black female pro scout for the Los Angeles Kings in the NHL and the second ever female pro scout in the NHL. Again, are you tired of being the first for everything, girl? Amazing. (laughs) I just want to give you flowers. But what is that like? Just being I just love giving you all the flowers. But what is that like? You know, being in there and now at the highest of your profession, you're scouting. Yes, um, it's wild because one, I never thought I was going to get here. And I wouldn't say I'm sick of being the first. I think someone has to do it and I'm I'm proud to do it and I'm honored to do it. But I definitely do not want to be the last. I want to just like, let's go. Come on. We need more women in hockey operations. We need more black people. You know, in, in the NHL, there's 3% BIPOC. Like that needs to go. All of that just needs to be shaken up and changed. So if I'm here to be a change agent, that's what I got to do. But scouting in and of itself is not glamorous. Like I'm in San Jose in this hotel. I got to take a flight back to L.A. Then I got to take a train to San Diego. Then I got to take a, a flight to Las Vegas. Like I'm everywhere all the time. But you know what? I, I can respect it because it's almost like the guys that are trying to come up in the league they're hustling and i'm hustling trying to come up as a woman in this in this industry so i i'm enjoying it and i'm learning a lot because i know a lot about the game but i don't know a lot about how teams operate in that way no i love it well blake we wish you so much more success and if you got to be the first for 15 other things just go on and do it we'll take it it. because it needs to be done (laughs) representation matters so we thank you for joining us here on montgomery and company and again we're starting to tap in now more and more and we'll be following your journey Thanks, ladies. You guys have great energy. I hope to be back soon. So as I was talking about the BET Awards and how about us showing up for us, we got to show up for BG. Her trial was just announced that it's going to begin July 1st. She appeared in court on July 27th. And according to Bleacher Report, Griner is facing 10 years in prison if convicted on charges of large scale transportation of drugs. So as we show up for each other, we got to show up for Griner. It makes me think about Don Staley's tweet because all we can do is pray. But Don Staley tweeted, free Brittany Griner, 130 days and counting. We need to put out all the stops and get her out of Russia. And that's just how I feel. We got to just stand up for each other and continue to show up. And we'll be here and show up every week with you guys because we're family. Catch us next week where it's a generational thing. Montgomery and Co. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action. 
contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.